that one you tell Jeeves because you're not asking. Neat. <laughs> now hold on. I'm I'm hitting I'm hitting record on Audacity. I'm not risking what happened in the last thing, and then you can do that news swish again. Hold on. Uh, okay. Bit. Okay. I'm hitting it, and I'm ready. Whoosh. Hello, everybody. It's Demonstrate the Loop. It's me, Daniel. And there's Josh. Say hello, Josh. Say uh, hello. Whoops. <laughs> okay. Andrew. Howdy. We are a Magic the Gathering podcast doing everything from deck text discussions to set dissections. We do all three of the only things that are possible. Um, and today's episode is a very important episode because it's about a fun holiday. And things mm-hmm. that are important and mandatory often go hand in hand with things that are fun and whimsical. Um, so <laughs> what today is, is like we're doing a unicorn while doing your taxes. Well, it's like meeting a unicorn, but the unicorn tells you that you must kill a man. <laughs> it's, it's your black fly mm-hmm. in your Chardonnay. It's like a death row pardon in your Chardonnay. Um, it's like a good... tree that falls. Uh, autumn and then meeting its beautiful wife that's yeah. right isn't it isn't it some tree that falls um, for another tree in the forest but no one we're returning to a thing that we like to refer to as um mvd minimum viable mm-hmm. deck list yep, where yep, we yep. started off in sort of a, a mono color with a with a general theme or idea and then worked our way up to a fuller set of colors and a more cohesive deck all around that we think would represent the idea better or the gimmick better or whatever. But since it is the wonderful month of October in this, the year of our Satan 2020, um, it's Halloween. It's Halloween, wouldn't you know? It's ha- yeah, it's Halloween. Today it's Halloween. Month. It is not. Is it today? Are you going to post this on Halloween? Yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, well, Shawshank Redemption. That's good. Today's Halloween for you guys listening. And even (laughs) if you don't listen to it, day that this comes out, it will be. Because Halloween is spooky and works that way. Um, You'll just like... um, Reminding everyone, because I didn't realize, uh, Daylight Savings Time ends uh, this Sunday. And this will be true no matter when you listen to this. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) so we've each taken a halloween concept or idea or halloweeny horror thing and we've decided to um mvd ourselves up to a good deck or at least a deck that represents probably the most of the ideas that we were kind of working towards each of us have done a different deck and a different m m mvd i almost said like Mm -hmm. m I almost said like RVD, the wrestler, but that isn't correct. That's for a wrestling episode. Ruth Vader, RVD, Rob her. Van Dam. Whoa, no, Ruth, Ruth Vader, Vader Ginsburg Ginsburg is pretty funny. Dinsburg. Right. Stop. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> well, hold on. Wait, Drew was going to say something. What was that? Well, yeah, it's, it's Ruth Vader Dinsburg being RVD is technically two wrestling jokes. Oh. That is. T- yeah. You know what? R- RVD, Ruth Vader Dinsburg. And that's the thing is like, I got to give, if someone's going to do Vader, I mean, look, look, Josh did not do that on purpose, but it is anytime someone's going to do Vader, that's, that's a fun, that's a, that is fun. fun. Vader was very good. He was incredibly popular for his time. I never really understood Mm -hmm. it because he just kind of wore big red tights and, and like a mask, but not even like a spooky mask, just kind of a Mm -hmm. mask. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, masks always work as a gimmick. There's been no wrestler that's failed that has worn a mask, <laughs> and that is the truth. So you can take that to the break. As far the bank. As I know you can take that to the break the bank. Uh, each of us is going <laughs> to probably go through our thing in about 20, 25 minutes, so this thing doesn't go for forever. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we discussed beforehand and we decided that we were going to start off with drew drew why don't you tell us a little bit about your concept and what your starting point was so um it's halloween and so my mind immediately went to doing some some sort of uh uh halloween flavored tribal deck um as i think a lot of people are gonna be kind of want to do want to brew as it were around the time um and I want to kind of take people through a journey where it's it's kind of you people say, you know, it's not about it's about the journey, not the destination. And I think that's really important here just because the destination was very like underwhelming. Um, it's not very <laughs> exciting, but I, but hopefully I can like what like a lot of Halloween ghost stories are. I can give people like some um, what's the word I'm looking for. This is like a, a, a cautionary tale. Uh, this is a Ooh. cautionary tale of, uh, and I mean, like it's not as though I was killed at the end of this, you know, it's not anything that serious. I promise. Yeah, it's episode so... comes out on Halloween. There's a lot of time between recording this and then. So <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> who knows, <laughs> who knows um, what'll happen. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, it's, it's the, it's mostly, um, a deck that I kind of discovered was just a lot more okay, a lot more functional than like real spicy or anything. So I went with, um, in the spirit of Halloween, I went with ghosts. I wanted to build ghosts. I wanted to build ghost tribal. I like, I I are, well, I like what you've said. Why is this? Why are you so, I'm excited to hear why you're so down on it because ghosts, (laughs) ghosts are cool. Spirits are neat. Oh, absolutely. And that, and so like, and that's kind of the thing is that, so uh, in, in doing this, so and I kind of want to walk people through just so that I feel like my section is also more valuable because the end result is that you can build a pretty decent spirit deck if you just kind of cram it full of all the spirits. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I've heard um, such a thing. So in the in the in also in the spirit of MVD, I kind of want to also walk through um, my mindset so that like um, you may be able to apply this deck building um this deck building tale to another deck building idea that you may have had. So um, I wanted to build spirits. I thought spirits would be pretty cool. And knowing that we would eventually do it as a MVD for the show, I actually started off going, all right, cool. Where, what is my five color? Where am I going to end up so that I could kind of know, uh, I could kind of whittle it down from there. And the thing with spirits in magic um, is that, a lot of the really crazy ones aren't the kind of Halloween ghosts that you're going to be looking for. Oh, now, okay. This okay. Is, so th- this is immediately where kind of the problems come in is that there are a ton of spooky ghosts from like scary sets there. I mean, we have a whole set on Innistrad that is just like Gothic horror and stuff. So if you want to do pure flavor, you can actually do that and you can literally just jam it full of the of the spookiest ghosts you can find what i will say and this is kind of what what where i kind of ended up splitting on is i eventually well when i got to that point 
I, in my deck building, it's I will commit to the flavor of a deck, but I have um, I have a spike in my brain, uh, which, just like <laughs> oh, it sounds, God. is a horribly debilitating condition. And what that means is that I can only commit to a gimmick for a deck up until the point that it doesn't really function at like uh, what a lot of people use the Tim Witt scale, like at a six or so level. I just, my brain cannot allow me to actually complete a deck that I know will be less than that. I will just stop building it is, is where I've been historically. So I guess if we eventually want me to do a deck tech on one that's lower than that, I will just assemble like, I don't know, 45 cards and then we'll just call it a day. Um, <laughs> And that and that's kind of the issue there. Like, um, so in doing that, you can literally just go onto any deck building site, type in spirit into the type line, and then just go with whichever ones you think are the spookiest looking. Um, and that's that's perfectly fine there. But for me, I wanted to try to find like, okay, I want to get some of the spirits that I'm really excited by, and then try to find something that is mechanically going to tie them together so that the deck just also functions that way i have a deck that works in a general sense but then has all this spooky kind of ghost flavor to it so where i eventually landed is that i wanted the i wanted my cards and i wanted my deck to feel ethereal to feel like you could never really touch anything that i did so mm. in playing a lot of magic okay. it led me to yeah, building yeah. blink and bounce into it where right. or like things that are hex proof in a way things that are reanimating in a way such that like it's the deck would even if i was running a card that was not literally a spirit was not literally a ghost everything would feel ghosty in a way because you would nice. try to remove it i would bounce it and then it would basically just kind of flicker out of where you wherever I, it was yeah, i i like i like the blink stuff for it because it's like mm -hmm. that's that that's the ghost stuff where it's like whoa what was that noise what there's no one there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think like, but yeah, like that, that's, that's eventually where I land. I'm like, okay, that's actually, that is doable. This is going to like, that pathway is going to be a deck that's going to kind of play really efficiently. Um, and I think this is going to be a divergent point, depending on the type of brewer that you are. Um, and depending mm -hmm. on the type of player that you are, because here's kind of the, the first issue. Um, I mean, going through these episodes, I do actually intentionally think of my deck idea. And then I literally look at, you know, commanders of each color identity from one up to five colors, which is probably mostly a waste of time. But also it's kind of an interesting way to do incremental deck building where you're kind of building out of all the cards. And it kind of it saves you from having to search at like a billion cards all at once. And so what I eventually found is once I got to two color, well... There's actually a very, very, very popular, you know, there should be one more variant. There's like a very popular two color modern spirit spirits? commander. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a popular spirit deck, but there's also in commander an exceedingly popular two color spirit legendary creature that bounces things. And that is Brago wow. King Eternal. Now, right. here is, and now here's the thing Brago's dope. Brago is a super cool card um, for for the audience benefit here. Uh, Brago is a legendary creature spirit, two and white and blue with a flying two four. So he's an Azorius commander. Whenever Brago King Eternal deals combat damage to a player, exile any no any number of target non-land permanents you control, then return those to the battlefield under their owner's control. Now, that's not a, that's not exactly a deal breaker. Whenever I get to that point, I go, oh wait, my deck's already been built whoops 
um, because the optimized, like the a lot of the Brago lists you're going to find online, um, at least most of them are going to be built around just blinks. They're not necessarily going to be spirit tribal, but there are also a lot of them that are spirit <laughs> tribal. So, and again, this is this is kind of where I loop back around to this comes down to the type of deck builder you are. Because if you wanted your, it, for me, if you wanted your deck to be like real original, you'll see that and go like, oh, wow, did I forget Brocco existed? Well, damn. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> The other side, though, is you can go like, oh, sweet, there's actually a good, there's a version of this deck that already exists and is going to work really efficiently. I can spend more time playing it than like, ooh, trying to find how all the cards fit together. And so that can also be an upside for you. So I got there and then I'm like, well, okay, um, I guess then in MVD, I'll just say that the two color version is Brago and then you jam it full of the uh, of the Azoria spirits, which uh, like Daniel mentioned, actually is is kind of um, in actually to bring in another episode that we've done before, whenever we did the kind of converting to commander episode, when we took a deck from a non commander format and then brought it over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a modern spirits deck, and I think that actually goes up to there's some variants that are four color, which is pretty good. And you will be able to find a lot of kind of the most efficient um, spirits from that deck to kind of save you the time. Um, that'll give you an idea of which ones are actually being or getting play are very powerful. Um, one of the notable ones there is actually because there's a lot of them there that I think are actually really cool. Um, one of my personal favorites there is actually Spellqueller. Spellqueller is one yeah, white and a yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, three, flash flying. Um, and so I, I it's already I really love the flavor of Spellqueller because it's got flash, so you can just be walking down a hallway and then boom, there's a ghost. Um, really great. Whenever it enters the battlefield, it ex you exile a target spell with mana cost four or less, so it's a counter, essentially, except it actually gets around spells that are uncounterable, which is in a lot of cases even better. Mm-hmm um but also with spell queller whenever it leaves the battlefield uh the caster of the exiled spell with it gets to then just cast it without paying its mana cost so this can actually be used defensively and offensively you can cast a spell into spell queller and then in a brago deck where you know you're going to be having this thing uh exile and re-enter all the time you can actually do that to add basically these extra effects onto your etbs and onto all of these blinks that you're doing which i think is super cool a oh that really is really fun, cool like somebody yeah, casts yeah. like a like a wrath of god and then you just spell mm. quell it and you just <laughs> let people know like if you get rid of this it's right there on the table yeah if it, we it, ever it, need a it, wrath it's uh, right there it's yeah, right cool. there and it's and there's mm -hmm. actually some fun synergies there um with let me see if i can find the spell now uh bum bum um, so it's a, it's a, you know, four or less, but that also lets you uh, put a thing like eerie interlude. Uh, eerie interlude is just a popular card in Brago decks and blink decks in general, uh, two and a white for an instant exile, any number of target creatures you control, return those cards, uh, to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So here's kind of yeah. a really neat play pattern when you're playing a deck like Brago or like none of these are kind of wild blink and bounce picks. So a lot of people may be on to you whenever you would play these, but people know that eerie interlude is a must counter spell. If you're facing down a deck that is going to bounce all of its things anyway, it's just, it lets mm. them literally bounce their entire board. It actually, because it's not a flicker um, it, because they come back at the end step, they can also dodge board wipes with. Eerie mm -hmm. interlude. It's mm -hmm. just a thing that mm -hmm. a lot of people are loath to let 
you resolve. Mm -hmm. So if you are packing in hand both an area interlude and a spell queller, you can essentially do even better than uh, guarantee your eerie interlude Ooh. is you can play it at a time that would be ideally i think the line of plays you could play it in a way that'd be like a decently optimal but not like the best time to play it because if someone were to go to counter it which they are again likely to do and this is kind of a you want to bait counters in general because you always want to have you make your opponents use resources you can then in response to their counter flash out spell queller take your own eerie interlude and mm -hmm. then anytime you would bounce spell queller which is probably in brago's version anything you would bounce like your entire board you basically get to double up on that and if you're also like in this deck i'm also have i have panharmonicon and all of the versions of the yeah deck. there you um, go uh-huh panharmonicon right. people who don't know is just a four drop artifact when a creature etbs and that causes a trigger it causes that an additional time so this would allow you to swing in with brago hit them bounce all your things whenever the spell color thing resolves um, if, at least if it's a flicker or whatever, that ability would finish. Then the ability from the spell color would go to put the area interlude back on the stack. And then you can resolve that. And basically in that case, get four of them. You would get four of them or so. Um, or <laughs> if it's, if it's, if it's not good for you to do that for some reason, you can just keep it in exile, but it kind of lets you uh, play around with your own spells in that way. Especially if you're a lot of, uh, a lot of advice on building commander decks is actually currently all around kind of keeping your curve low and so anything that's under four four is typically the unlike the part where most people's mana curve starts to descend starts to taper off anyway and so you're gonna have if you build it the right way you're gonna have a lot of targets where you can just do that to your own thing and then not have to worry about somebody countering it from under you or kind of secure the card in another way hmm. but all of those are not new strategies. I didn't come up with any of those. Those are just in the Bronco list. So right, yeah. this is where this is where we kind of again we kind of get into um, the the tricky part now because it's that fits the theme. It actually fits the tribe because the commander is also a spirit and it does everything I want to do. But again, this comes under the type of player you are. Do you want your do you have a lot of your fun in the brewing part of the deck, or do you just want the deck to be cool and be what you want so that you can play it because playing it is more fun. That I think is pretty subjective. Um, the version of the deck that I think I eventually liked the most because it all, it had kind of um, a lot of the sneakiness to it. A lot of the surprise. So it was actually Aminatu, the fate shifter. So mm. um, Aminatu now has shown up in two out of two of the MVDs. Hopefully we can keep that running. I like the card a lot. <laughs> um, Aminatu, the fate shifter is a, a three mana planeswalker Esper. So white, blue and black it comes in with three loyalty and has a plus one ability that lets you uh, draw a card and then you put a card um, from your hand on top of your library. A lot of miracle decks are built around that with Aminatu or anything that lets you kind of mess with the top card of your library. Minus one is the relevant one. Exile another target permanent you control and then you have it re-enter the battlefield. So just like blinks, that basically gives you a free blink every single turn. There's other ways to abuse that even more, but that's just on a minus one, a free blink, pretty good. And then her minus six is that you choose left or right, and then you change control of all permanents each person controls with the next player in the chosen direction. So <laughs> it, at a four-player pod, you would choose left or right, and you would basically rotate the whole thing. Now, one of the... This may not be as obvious, but one of the really fun things about a card, like I just mentioned, Eerie Interlude, any effect 
that exiles your board until the beginning of the next end step is mean, <laughs> means that there's not a there is a not insubstantial amount of time where your board is going to come back but is not there right now so okay. what you could do and there there is probably if you want to build and this is kind of where i actually was more satisfied with this there are a lot of lists already out there for an aminatu blink and aminatu flicker there are some with aminatu spirit tribal but for some reason esper doesn't get a lot of spirit tribal support online which seems for me esper actually seems like the spookiest color combination I it does feel the me. spookiest what is yeah, yeah. so what if yeah. if it's not esper which is supposed to be the spookiest it's out of the just, three it, uh, it's just Azorius. Like Azorius so, is just the, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the spirit. Um, I guess. I guess the reason is because it is the spookiest color, but mm-hmm. blue white has all the ghosts, and black has all the zombies. Yeah, and yeah. so maybe that's part of it. But yeah, it's just looking online. So that actually, this one is probably the one that I'm most excited about. Although this one and then the next one I'm going to talk about are, are pretty close. I will but say that a um a a spirits deck or an Amanatu deck in any regard that actually plans to utilize the minus six is yeah, Im- immediately more in in <laughs> like the blink <laughs> is obviously a huge part of it, but like one that yeah, can actually on. use that minus six to an effect. It's like yes. a good, interesting effect. I love that. That's great. It's it's mm-hmm. a game winning effect in this one. So the idea would be that, and you you can you can double down on this. It comes down to if you want to be a little bit more glass cannony or have this just be one of the lines you can play. I uh, when I build a lot of decks, I kind of run I run afoul of always like I can't not build multiple lines. I think that that is just part of what I enjoy doing. I like having my deck be able to do multiple things. But if you did want to really double down on that minus six where I guess I'm going to make sure I read out the entire thing uh, verbatim just so that people don't have to have looked at the card right in front of them. Um, but Amanatu's minus six ability is you choose left or right. Each player gains control of all non-land permanents other than Amanatu, the fate shifter controlled by the next player in the chosen direction. So the fun thing that you can do here, like I said, if you have a, um, uh, a blink effect that's going to get everything till in a turn, as it kind of seems there, your stuff will not be there. You will gain control of whatever direction you want. And then at the end of the turn, also all of your things so to go full on glass cannon with this there's actually in esper because of older sets notably phyrexia there Mm -hmm. are a lot of things that are really good at proliferating which will let you get up to that six because if if you're going to play amanatu and rely on your deck being able to plus one her and keep her alive for four turns without having her get hit at all to naturally minus six, hmm. your deck's just not going to really have that be a viable strategy. Uh, but if you can get her to, if you can get her, if you can proliferate three times in a single turn, which is very doable, mm-hmm. then you can start to get really silly with it because um, this again, this gets kind of tricky, but there are two, I think there's distinctions here for people who may not be very well versed in uh, magic in general, but there are two mechanics that are um, slang referred to as flicker and blink that are very similar, but are distinct in a very particular way. 
So a flicker effect, as it's referred to, will exile a permanent and then immediately return it to play. For rules purposes, what that will mean is anything that is a targeted effect will essentially lose track of it because it is a new object on the battlefield. To blink something will exile it and then return it to play at end of turn. Um, the notable difference there for a lot of play is that if something is uh, not a targeted effect, flickering is essentially useless for you because it what will happen is they will cast the thing. Let's say it's a Wrath of God, which is four mana sorcery, destroy all creatures. Yeah. You will flicker your creature in response. It will leave. It will come back. And then once it has come back and your spell has finished resolving, then the board wipe will go to resolve <laughs> and destroy it anyway. <laughs> The thing about Aminatu, though, is that her minus ability specifically targets a permanent you own, not control. So even if you mm-hmm. manage to, like, leave an Ashnod's altar just for kicks, and then yeah. you just, like, can get her to go again, you just get the Ashnod's altar back because it blinks it from them, gives it back to you, and then sacrifice somebody's board, and then start mm. the whole chain over. There's some dirty things you can do with That's, that. Yeah, there's some dirt in there. Um, but the the it's more so... A deck that's actually built to reliably do that and also be able to kind of um, break parity with it so well is a deck that is actually scary. It is a deck that is in play on the board, scary for an opponent to see. Not in like a power level way. Amina 2 is not nearly efficient enough to be like, oh, this deck's just going to beat me in two turns and I don't want that to happen. But the constant mm-hmm. looming threat of me taking your entire board and giving you nothing doesn't feel like that, that is the thing that, I, that in the play group yeah. is the thing that is kind of just scary for it to potentially happen. And so that's kind of where I landed on. Like, I like this one the most. The added cool things is there are some additional um, just cool cards you get access to um, by having black. Um, notably, mm-hmm. um, there is conspiracy, which just lets you turn all creatures into spirits. So if you mm-hmm. have um, spirit payoffs, which there are a lot of in the deck, um, that's just a way that you can run things that aren't spirits that are more utility for the deck, but that are also going to fit your style. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things I wanted to do for blink is also have kind of mass reanimation, have you be able to just have a bunch of spirits all enter at one time. And so with that, um, notably I have finale of eternity, um, X black, black, it's you destroy up to uh, three target creatures with toughness X or less. If X is 10 or more, you also, get your entire graveyard back onto the field. So you reanimate every creature you control um, mm-hmm. that lets you just bring back all the spirits. That's pretty cool to me. That's the kind of thing I like doing. Um, Living death is the same thing, but it's for everybody. Everybody sacrifices their entire board. So all creatures that are in play are sacrificed. And then all creatures um, from graveyards are put into play under their owner's control. That's pretty fun. Maybe more of a zombie thing. I'm not here to tell you how things work. Um, well, I mean, the, the ghosts come back and the zombies come back. I mean, it's the two Everything parts. comes back. It's the whole deal. Yeah, it's the, just how yeah. all the things work. Life recycles yeah, one is, the whole one is the One mm-hmm. is the soul and one is the husk. Yes. yes. Now, there is a card that I think is literally that. I think it's Soul Separator. That card is bad. Oh, that yeah, card is yes. hilarious. Uh, that card is so funny. That card is. It's cute. It's, it's cute. so yeah. funny. <laughs> it's extremely cute but do yeah. not be confused by it it is a bad card but again if you're building this more for flavor then absolutely go buck wild oh yeah um now speaking of which so, i have a i have an important yes. question yes. um i have a question and your answer should be no drew um are you running <laughs> any cards with the haunt ability 
I am not. So I did look Good. into that. And this, again, this may be a thing where if you're building for, for pure, pure flavor, you're going to come across haunt. <laughs> haunt for the players who don't know, which should be most of you. Um, is, <laughs> no uh, reason to take. The, the only one that I'm even running is actually Belfry Spirit, which just incidentally has Haunt, but it is three and two white for a one, one flyer already. Mm, love those stats. Okay. Um, it has whenever it enters the battlefield or the creature it haunts dies, create two, one, one black bat creature tokens of flying. Now you can see that I'm building a bounce hmm. deck. I'm going to have it re enter the battlefield a lot. So mm -hmm. uh, it me getting some free bats. That sounds pretty rad to me. Haunt is when this creature dies, exile it haunting target creature now you're gonna be you're, you're in the way that humans learn things you're gonna try to relate haunting to some other mechanic oh like it enchants it no it is not enchanting it it is not an enchantment <laughs> it is not targetable on the board it's closer it's, to cypher right yes it is yeah, cypher but yeah. for typically creatures and so it's basically <laughs> it's it actually it's i feel like it's a mechanic that might be easier to deal with the newer you are to magic where you're not weighed down by trying to figure out how it works mechanically <laughs> but hmm. let's look at like you know baseline what's going to happen with belfry spirit and like and let's assume you have no way to really kind of break it wide open is that you'll cast a five mana one one flyer <laughs> you will get two one one bats so you will get three power and three toughness across three bodies for five mana not mm. great huh that's and not that's the it. worst right it's though. not the worst yeah in a limited environment i would be decently okay with that but then if it dies and then you choose the right creature you then get two more bat tokens so now through this convoluted series of events you have now assembled enough power and toughness to pass the vanilla test <laughs> it's essentially mm -hmm. what has happened now yeah. again if you want to go full flavor that actually is super cool flavor wise and i kind of just i wish there were better creatures that had it is yeah, where i, mean, I eventually it theoretically could be decent but it's like the things that exist that have haunt are not mm. good cards. well all you need all you need though is to run like lithoform engine and then you can copy the trigger of the thing dying you and the haunt, haunt going things. well yeah. no because i think you specifically exile it under something and that would only happen once but the actual ability of when the okay. thing dies you could activate <laughs> twice oh yeah you of could, when the thing yeah, it's haunting could. dies yeah. Yes, you could yeah. double up those things. And so that I think is kind of a, again, haunt is something that you would, if you were building the same deck, you would kind of come across. And then I think it's a thing we have to look at it and go like, okay, do I want to just go full tilt into the flavor here? Because I feel like that's that's perfect for that if you want to just do the flavor of ghosts. But it is just not uh, very usable in a lot just of cases. bad cards. They're just bad in general. <laughs> and, that's, and that's unfortunate. The... And that, I mean, that's really it for the Esper one. It's kind of, again, it's you build a general deck that works and then you kind of find just your favorite spirits in those colors. Um, one of the things I did find, so in building a deck that uses blinks, I obviously was going to run Cather's Crusade, which is a standard thing for token decks, which yep. spirits, there's a lot of cards that make spirit tokens and especially mm -hmm. a deck that's going to blink a lot of my permanents. My things are going to re-enter. Um, Cather's Crusade is three white, white for an enchantment. When a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on each creature. Um, that gets ridiculous almost immediately. That card is insane. The other one that I found that was actually really neat. Um, it was, uh, it's going to be way more budget. Catherine's crusade is about like five to $7. 
which if yeah. you are just starting out or I can I can very easily understand someone just not wanting to spend five to seven dollars on a piece of paper. Basically, I get that. So there's also a card called Valor in Akros, which is three and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus one plus one till end of turn. Now, here's mm -hmm. kind of the thing with Valor in Akros. If you compare that to Cather's Crusade, I think it's very easy to say that it is objectively worse. But here's the thing. It's one mana less in a three color deck. It is also less color intensive, only requiring one white pip. And in a deck where I'm constantly bouncing my own creatures and they would lose their counters. Oh, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, I getting you. the buff okay. till yeah. end of turn is just as well. I would obviously, hmm. to really take advantage of that, I would want some form of haste enabling or something like that. Pretty doable with things like um, like crashing drawbridge, things that give all your creatures haste till end of turn or something to that effect. But I think that's the thing to not overlook that because like I think it's easy to say that a card like that is on its face just less powerful than another option. But in hmm. this deck, again, I'm going to be removing all the counters just as often because I'm blinking everything. They're actually more similar. And if you were trying to build this on a budget, Valor and Agros is like a quarter at most. It is way, yeah. way cheaper. It is insane yeah. how much cheaper it is. And also, I think this is just a card. If you're building a lot of token decks... Just start also running Valor and Akros. Like, you it's just super good. You don't have to. Yeah, you can one. run both. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's really it. That's really it as far as the Esper one. <laughs> All right. I like it. Um, and a thing that I don't think was mentioned for, for mm -hmm. listeners at home, um, but you were talking about Aminatu. Um, and you never touched on her appearance. She, her art mm -hmm. by said McKinnon is terrifying. She is a child alone in the swamp, surrounded by moths. That is some <laughs> actual horror. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's good. <laughs> uh, it's real good. It's real good it's, if you're making a, a spooky ghost deck. And sometimes, sometimes it's just how it works. Brago looks a lot more like, a, like the spirits from like the Lord of the Rings movie. Like the whole, that whole army of ghosts. So it's just more so that they can't be hurt and not so much that they're actually scary kind of goes yeah it's whatever but does that does that wrap yeah. it up for yours yes those have been uh those have just general discussion about my spirits we'll have the deck lists and stuff in uh -huh. the description so the deck list will be down below and with that we're going to move on to josh josh what was your starting point what was your theme okay and um hopefully things won't sound terrible um trains go through my front yard there have been two already in the course of uh, recording this, which is oh no, is it a race? Yeah, Josh in preparation well, <laughs> got got actually well, haunted clearly by some shit. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's fine. It's festive, and you can't be mad at anything festive. Um, okay, my okay, my deck, my deck, um, is not so much based on um. A mechanic or a creature it is based on a concept which uh made it both difficult to find the right cards for it um and probably <laughs> ultimately hurts the power level of this deck significantly but okay. but the aspect of halloween that i wanted to build was you know there's the spooky dooky scary stuff side but then there's the other side that's like, oh, put your hand in this bowl. 
Ooh, that feels like eyeballs would peel grapes. Oh, what are those worms? No, it's wet spaghetti. I wanted the ooky, grody, ew aspect of Halloween. And so literally what I had in mind as I was trying to find cards for this deck was I wanted every card to make sense when you play it to say, ew, it's the card blank. Okay. Okay. So what I ended up with (laughs) was a deck that I called Gitrog's Grody Gang. Uh, It it just it ended up being um, the 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 colors with the gross cards are are green and black. There just was never any Mm -hmm. question that's what it was going to be. That's where the gross stuff is. Try to think of something gross and white. It doesn't happen. It's just stupid people. They're not gross. <laughs> um, so I, I I bet that there is a a Kamigawa spirit that is in white that uh, is gross, but uh, but that barely like counts. Weird or bizarre, mind boggling maybe, but I don't think there's any that are gross. <laughs> I don't think any would make you go ew. It's the. Uh, I looked uh, at a lot of them, and there are more that would make me just never speak again. More so than I would be like icky. Yeah, no, th- everything in my deck you'll you'll want to talk about, but with with the kind of friend who like you share the gross stuff with, you know, which isn't all. The <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. Anyway, this is heavily a creature based deck because that makes sense. Um, I of course included uh, plenty of oozes um mm-hmm. because it's just the icky gooey slime of course i now know why you asked me if i was gonna build ooze tribal for this or not and so now i'm kind of yeah. really glad that i did so that drew, this got to happen yeah drew oh, a long man. while back used to have a 60 card casual deck that was called drew's ooze um, and I was worried he was card. going to finally reprise that for Halloween. He said no. I trusted him, and it paid off for once. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I've got the oozes, and they're really there are some very not good oozes that I did pass up, but there are some pretty nice ones. Like I mean, one of the strongest ones for oozes is Biogenic Ooze, which is uh, two green, three other for two two. When it enters, you create. A 2-2 green ooze creature token. So you already got two two twos for five. At the beginning of your end step, so you will get this the turn you play it, put a plus one plus one counter on each ooze you control. Also, mm-hmm. you can pay three green one other to make another two two green ooze creature token. This is an ooze that makes your ooze oozier and makes more ooze. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, of course, have the other classic oozes, mitotic slime, which is just a big ball of goop that you cut in half and then in half again, because it's hard to get mm-hmm. rid of ooze. You just, ew. I did Love consider. Love slime. Yeah, yeah. I, I considered at first having uh, Umori the Collector, which is a companion ooze from, uh, from Ikoria as the commander. Mm-hmm. But Umori... It has ew in the name, which it made it really close. But it's a little cute. It's um, it looks. Umori like is a, a little cute. It's got like a yeah. little flower sprouting from it. Yeah, I I think it's like it's bringing it's bringing you a present of crystals because it's the collector. It has always been my <laughs> interpretation. So it's a pile of ooze and that's gross, but it's very sweet. Whereas the Gitrog monster is 
Ew! <laughs> big frog! God, that's gonna give you big warts! <laughs> oh, and, and I Gitrog, Gitrog uh-huh. is just a frog horror, right? He's a frog yeah. horror. That's exactly what will make you ew. Um, I, I ended up with exactly one other frog in the deck, but this one's a frog beast. Uh, it's excavating anarid, which is uh, one green, four other for a four four. When it enters the battlefield, you can sack a land, and if you do, draw a card. If you have the Gitrog monster out, let me talk about what the Gitrog monster does. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Um, for <laughs> one green, one black, three other, you get a 6-6 six, six frog horror with death touch. At the beginning of your upkeep, uh, sack the Gitrog monster unless you sack a land, but you can play an additional land on each of your turns. Also, whenever one or more land cards uh, are put into your graveyard from anywhere, you draw a card. So you're having to get rid of a land each turn, but anytime a land ends up in your graveyard at all, you draw a card. He's just gobbling up the world because he's a big, gross frog. And so if you have him out when you play the Excavating Anurig, his frog beast buddy, uh, you can sack a land to draw two cards, which is pretty dang nice. Also, the Anurid has Threshold, which is as long as you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, he gets plus one, plus one in Vigilance. And that's probably going to happen because you're going to have to keep feeding your lands to the Gitrog monster. So I, I was very happy to end up with at least one other gross frog. Yeah. And the Anurid definitely looks gross. And that goes The name is kind of gross, too. I don't like the name. It's unpleasant, it's, I, and I don't I know where Anarid comes from. Other, it's than the magic. it's the art for me. It's the art for me on this one. Yeah. Just it's, yeah. I can I can hear the, because like like frogs and toads they rib it right, and we all get that, we all understand. Mm-hmm. But there's oh, also yeah. like the Ew. I'm gonna see if I can recreate it in this all, which is gonna be awful for an audio podcast. But like just like the, like that sound. Not I get, bad, like, Drew. That, not bad. I'm pretty good at frog. And <laughs> I get I, I look at the art for excavating Amarid and mm-hmm. I just hear that sound. Except like several decibels louder and pitched way oh, down. Like it shakes the whole screen <gasps> and it's just horrifying. Now, <gasps> Josh, I know that you're not gonna you're not gonna talk mm-hmm. about this whole deck and not mention this great, amazing land that you have right here for oh. a gross deck. Which one? Because I, no. I felt pretty good about several of them. You know, the um, one that is very much not in a lot of decks. <laughs> it's not in a lot of... Oh, oh, are you talking about... Ew, Swarmyard? Yes, I'm talking about <laughs> Ew, Swarmyard. Ew, it's I feel the like this Swarmyard. One's... Yes, this um this deck... Or this, this land is from um, Time Spiral. Uh, it mm-hmm. does not uh, enter tapped, and you can tap for a colorless mana, or you can just tap it, no other cost, to regenerate, target insect, rat, spider, or squirrel, <laughs> which is pretty nice. I, um, I, of course, am not running any squirrels. Those aren't gross. Those are I cute. Run, I could have run rats, but I don't, I don't think rats are that gross. Um, I'm just going to say it unpopular opinion i don't think rats are that gross but i am running a number of insects and uh and uh spiders um oh where's the it's, one insect uh it's shit. the art for me though there's just like what looks to be a mostly decomposed goat 
just <laughs> vultures coming at it. Like it's just yeah. the grossest Ew. art. Ew. It's crawling with bugs. <laughs> just God, the art. Yeah. Yeah. One. Oh no. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah. You see it. Put your hand in that and you're like, ew, is that uh, wet noodles or worms? <laughs> Just so y'all know, the same artist who did Swarm Yard has also done art for uh, the Kamigawa block. So <laughs> there we go. It's all, That's where it all coming comes from. together. Every gross um, thing is from Kamigawa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I could use my Swarm Yard, ew, to re- uh, regenerate my Glean Crawler. Which is an insect horror. Uh, it costs three hybrid <laughs> Golgari mana, or three other for a six-six trample bug that's gross. And at the beginning of your instep, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. It's gonna feel nasty to put them back in your hand, but you gotta do it because a gross bug says so. God, <laughs> the, what is this art? Like it's. So clearly what it's doing is it's got a head full of eyes, which sucks. And I hate Mm, that. And then it's got two regular arms like they're big, (laughs) but they're they're arms with an elbow and hands, which also Mm -hmm. hate. Uh, Most of its body seems to be obscured by some kind of hell mist. And then it's just got like it's got an arm full of corpses. Like mm-hmm. if you went to like the gas station and didn't like bring a bag or a basket with you, and you're having to hold like a couple <laughs> bottles. It's just like, so it's gross from the yes. head to the toe. It's arms are too normal for the rest of its body. And it's not even prepared for all the death it, it needs to carry yeah. around. It looks There's like, not... it looks like it's going to slap down like seven mountain dews on the counter. And <laughs> they're going to ask, do you want a bag? And it's going to have to say, yeah, even like, duh. And he's, bag yeah, you see all these i don't know dudes? man i think that if i w- a part the kind of person who would buy seven mountain dews and you look in their car and you know they're the only one in there i can't imagine oh, they'd ask yeah. for a bag i can't imagine that person well, isn't gonna carry all those bottles and be proud of it <laughs> just they're gonna they're gonna really I, struggle they really, they really might they might do it and be proud of it but i don't doubt that they would uh take any opportunity to complain about not getting a bag <laughs> So what's anyway. the next gross thing? Give me so many. Um, give me some more grossness. Um, Ook oh, me up. See, that was a bug. Uh, other bug. We got carrion <laughs> grub going on in here. Very gross. It's a grub. Uh, it uh, for one black and three other. You get a zero five, but it gets plus X plus O, where X is the greatest power among creature cards in your graveyard. When it enters, you mill four cards. Now, I, I this deck did end up with um, a little a little bit of dredge. Uh, not enough mm-hmm. and not the right things for this to be a good dredge deck, but some of those things were nice and ooky. Um, and it does have some decent self mill stuff in addition to the dredge because some of that also pretty ooky. So it ended up with a number of things like that. For example, um, oh gosh. sorry, I finally opened up the deck, the deck list and I'm looking at it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh you got, God. You got stinkweed imp. Ew. Just it's <laughs> stinkweed imp is the name of this card. It's mm-hmm. uh, for a black two other. You get a one two flyer. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a creature, destroy that creature. Distinct from death touch for some reason, it is. Uh, and it has dredge five. So some good 
discarding if you need to to get back the stink weed imp um i did also end up including uh some pretty decent uh spider tribal stuff i'm not running a lot of spiders so it's not too <laughs> for it but it can happen um oh where is she oh um one very good and also gross sounding spider card is the rot widow pack which for a green a black two other you get a two four with reach of course most spiders have reach they got long arms uh and you can pay a green a black and three other to exile a creature card from your graveyard to create a one two green spider creature token with reach then each opponent loses one life for each spider you control uh i'm not gonna make a lot of them but when I do, it'll look nice. Where? I can't find. There's this legendary spider. Ishkana Graf Widow? That's the one. Thank you, Drew. Uh, Ishkana, no the Graf Widow. Ew, gross. She looks like she has, like, near-human hands coming off of her face instead of, like, yep. the usual mandibles. It's really nasty. Uh, for a green, <laughs> four other, you get a three, five, with reach, of course. Uh, delirium. Uh, when she enters the battlefield, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, put three, one, two green spider creature tokens with reach onto the battlefield, and you can pay a black and six others so that target opponent loses one life for each spider you control. So, I've ended up with this deck having some ooze tribal and some spider tribal. I did end up including conspiracy as one of the cards and now ew conspiracy doesn't make much sense unless you say ew there's a conspiracy everyone is ooze or alternatively <laughs> ew there's a conspiracy all these ooze are also spiders it just gets more and more disgusting the more it happens um a, a conspiracy could be gross mentally. Like, it's just like, ooh, conspiring is bad. Well, it just, a conspiracy depends entirely on what is being conspired uh, to do. You mm. know, you can Well, I think, I think that there's a fair point to be made that there are people who are more afraid of spiders than insects. So say, like, somebody's looking at hmm. Scoop Mob. And, like, yeah. you know, I imagine somebody in their house, they're just like, oh, gross, is that like a roach? And then they're like, oh, no, it's a spider. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know those people. I know those people who, for some reason, they're like, oh, man. Yeah. Is yeah. that like a cockroach doesn't bother me, but spiders, get them out of here. And then some and people you know, are like, oh, no, I like insects, but I can't touch anything that, like, feels slimy. It's just like, well, everything is slime. And it's like, oh, no, the spiders even? Oh, especially the spiders. In fact, they lose that creature type. It's only slime. It's only ooze. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot that they lose. Do they lose the creature type? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. They become the one thing. Oh, it's not an addition. They become that mm -hmm. one thing. Yeah. So I could, at one point, start a conspiracy for everything to be ooze. Then I play <laughs> Ishkana that is just a legendary ooze that's putting out spiders for some reason and likes spiders being around for some reason. That's almost grosser if it's just well, it a pile likes of spiders being around. Spiders. It likes but spiders thing, being around, but it will put out oozes. It will put out oozes. <laughs> oh, it puts out oozes. <laughs> Golly. It's just. Yeah, yeah but a, but a one two reaching ooze means that that, that gross slime goes up high. That's a tall, that's a tall goop. Yeah. 
Oh god, I'm yeah. picturing one of those little like gross little slap hands. You know the little slap hands you got from like yeah. the 25 cent machine. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that is a reaching ooze right there. Awful. Mm-hmm. Awful stuff. Um, I did also, I'm proud to have worked in uh the only two good things that make worm tokens, not worm with a U, worm with an O. Um, mm. yes, you've got, uh, Creekwood Liege, uh, which is just a good card in general for, uh, three Golgari mana or, and one other, you get a two, two that buffs your other black creatures plus one, plus one and your other green creatures plus one, plus one. So if they're both colors, they get plus two, plus two. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may make a one, one black and green worm creature token. This guy's just a horror oozing out worms on each of your upkeeps. <laughs> That's really gross. Meanwhile, There's ooze coming I, out of my creek. And he just he look he looks like a bunch of wet driftwood, which I just hate to touch. Mm. Because you know there's worms. Because it's, it's covered in worms. There's worms. Because it's covered in worms. In worms. <laughs> and uh the other good worm make card is worm harvest for three Golgari mana, two other uh, it's a sorcery where you create a 1-1 black and green worm creature token for each land card in your graveyard, which there should probably be several because the Gitrog monster Gitrog the has commander. been throwing your lands in the trash with this big gross mouth. Also, mm-hmm. Worm Harvest has Retrace, which is a really good mechanic. So good. Um, so where you good. Can, you can cast that from your graveyard. You don't even exile it. You just cast it from your graveyard by uh, discarding a land card in addition to paying its other cost. You can just keep doing that as long as you have a land card in hand. Um, and I have a few things that return lands from graveyard to hand. Not many of those things with that effect were gross enough. So <laughs> um, I couldn't include the best iterations of that. But I mm-hmm. am running uh, Tilling Tree Folk from, uh, what is this, Shadowmoor. Which... It's mm-hmm. a tree folk druid. Doesn't sound that gross, but look at its art. It's got oh. like these big, big. It's got these big grody balls on it. It it looks <laughs> like um for those of you that have played Dark Souls three, it looks reminiscent of the curse rotted great oak, I believe it's called, which is this gross tree <laughs> with big grody mm-hmm. balls on it, and it's just disgusting. And no tree has any business looking like this uh, <laughs> the thing is it's supposed to be a tree folk but i don't like at least from this cursory glance i it don't see how like this is it looks just like a gross tree yeah i don't yeah. see anything about it that's a folk uh, that's just a gross it looks tree like, it looks like it has one arm on the left and vaguely maybe a face it's hard to tell because it's I th- just disgusting. I think for me a tree folk's got to have legs it's got to be walking around mm. this i would I would argue if I was the art director here, I would say that this is a plant druid. <laughs> this thing is firmly well, rooted. I but bet it's got, it's got some curly gross. Yeah, oh, it's got God. Curly gross all over. Can it. you please talk about the I just saw it here. Can you talk about the actual grossest card in your whole deck? Oh, God, which one? Um, I, I, I think if you think about it, it's it's one of your instants. One of my instants. Oh, um, is it? Oh, it I, I think it, I know which one you're talking about. Is it this one that like I've never seen run anywhere and hadn't heard of before? Uh, yeah, it should be. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Um, 
Ew, are you talking about Reign of Filth? No, I'm talking about Carry On. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. First, though, first, though, I'm going to talk about Reign of Filth because that is a card that I didn't know existed. And um, I yeah. found it by searching for uh, cards with the word filth in the name because yes. Um, mm-hmm. Reign of Filth is, for one black, instant. Each land you control gains sack this land to add black to your mana pool until end of turn, which situationally pretty nice if you got gitrog out you're gonna draw for each land you sack it's mm-hmm. neato i didn't know it existed also gross reign of filth <laughs> now we can talk about carrion um yeah, uh, it's like un- they're unzipping a thing what is going on yeah for two black one other instant uh sack a creature in addition to paying its cost uh to create a number of oh wait it's been it's been updated let me make sure that i get the updated wording because originally they are they're just, just they're maggot just tokens yeah yeah they're just insects uh, now oh are they not maggots at all anymore uh yeah it no. creates uh x01 black insect creature tokens where x is the sack creature's power originally they were maggots specifically but the art <laughs> yes is horrific it's a dead dinosaur with birds perched on the pulled back flaps of its dead flesh as what I assume is just a, a waterfall of maggots pour out just like it, it, like the thing is like really gross. So I know I want the, I want the audience to really get the like in case they're you know driving and listening or whatever and you can't just search it. <laughs> it's not like what I would go into this prepared for, right? Is like some vultures some buzzards perhaps right these have i got know what to be oh. like this has got to be like a, a chickadee and a robin and like a <laughs> like a swallow yeah. these sons couple- of guns just got done getting snow white dressed and then they come out here <laughs> to jump on this and dead wumpus dead dinosaur there's all these bugs coming out of this corpse birds eat bugs this is this is and like canon within snow white that birds there's like honeybees that are probably just from like pollinating a flower just flying on by and then there's yeah. just this gore it's just the grossest it's, um, thing it's good lord it doesn't even like aside from the fact that it's literally unzipped like a jacket this dinosaur doesn't (laughs) even look like it died in like a it looked like the dinosaur died of natural causes so i'm left to assume that these birds did the unzipping that that these little chickadee things these canaries went around and just opened up a whole dinosaur bit by bit also that what would a dinosaur do I I guess I don't know. It's the leg at the bottom. The leg at the bottom Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you it should go with the one at the leftmost, but the leg at the very bottom it just seems kind of off center enough to where you can tell that it's the reason it's sitting like that is because it's on the other half of this unzipped dinosaur. (laughs) Is it got? It's all like a weird diagonal split of bird gore. It's terrible. It's awful. It's really bad. I'm um, I am I'm baffled in a physics sense for how there are this many maggots in a dead dinosaur. I mean, be glad the dinosaurs don't exist anymore. They were full of maggots the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
did you didn't you see uh, Jurassic Park, uh, the newest one? Because I I didn't see that one. I I don't know how many maggots are in that one. Was it Jurassic? I also didn't World, either. Is uh, there is yeah. there more, Josh? Um. Yes. It look one of um one of my favorite names uh within here. It is also an instant. Uh, it's a black two other. Uh, that has you put any number of target creature cards from your graveyard on top of your library, and then you draw a card. Uh, the name of this card is Foot Bottom Feast. Ugh. Foot Bottom <laughs> Feast. It's like... It's just the, the stuff goblins, you step on. Yeah, the goblins scrape the, the ookies off their foot, and then they're going to eat it, and that's very, very disgusting. <sighs> disgusting in a really a different <laughs> way than the rest of it because that's just like it's... childish disgusting like a yeah. shrek this is like a shrek gross oh i'm also running uh the sorcery mulch <laughs> mulch is just basically dirt but dirt <laughs> dirty stuff dirt. Life, yeah. from the loam. Oh, life from the loam you've got things living in the dirt nasty life from the loam just a genuinely pretty good dredge card yeah, it is that. It is probably uh, one of the pricier cards in this deck. This deck overall is not that pricey as you can maybe imagine from um, me not necessarily running strong cards, but just cards that uh, <laughs> running things based are, on how uh, grody they are. Nasty. Now, yeah, th- that's a, a really fun thing for me. Just looking at it is I I think if you were if you were gonna if you were gonna get this deck like in like for mm-hmm. real and you were gonna actually want to play it because like oh it's really fun to have a gross deck. One of the one of the things that I think is really going to test how committed you really are to that is that I think the single most like most expensive card in the whole deck is a $20 land and it's Swarm Yard. It is a land oh, that taps for one right. generic and regenerates your insects, your rats, your spiders and your squirrels. And I like that that <laughs> is the card in here that's the most expensive because that yeah. test is like you have to really be about this bit, this joke here. You have to be yeah. committed to the gross. If and you're going to actually you, do it and get one. Like, card. I mean, I was upfront about it. I, I think mm-hmm. this deck would play. It would work. It would have yeah. some synergy. Uh, but it is 100% the case that this deck could be improved several fold. If it just, if you chose which direction to go with it and played cards that didn't necessarily have gross things going on to make it strong. <laughs> I'm upfront about that. This deck is not mm-hmm. tuned, but it is 100% at what it is. I like Hell it. Yeah. Oh, I like oh, it a lot. I'm very happy uh, with this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing is I was, I think actually the original thing that inspired, like the first card that I put in a list to get started on this was I put down uh, Evil Eye of Orms by Gore and Evil Eye of Urborg, which are the only two... <laughs> creatures eyes. that are just eyes but i did not end up running either of those for the health of the deck because both of those make it to where all of your non-eye creatures can't attack it would just completely ruin the deck uh so i didn't <laughs> but i did run well, I mean, jar of eyeballs and you do still have <laughs> one dozen in eyes in here so oh yes one dozen eyes and also izoni thousand eyed Okay, so you still got a you got many jars of eyeballs. Okay, very yeah, good. Yes, yeah, good. I, it, it I'm was glad to see to it. Have just some eyeballs happening. I like it. I like it a lot. I um, I want you to get this deck. 
I shouldn't. No, <laughs> you are correct. You are. Yeah. You are. No, I, I do own a Gitrog monster and I do need to build a deck around him. It might not be this gross, but he will eat my lands. <laughs> Very good. And with that, uh, Daniel, what, what <laughs> have you brought to the Halloween feast? Oh, uh, my deck. Let me uh, let me backspace here. Um, my deck. Uh, well, I really like um, I really like uh, Halloween uh, in the sense that I like horror movies, especially ones that for every single one of their releases came out exactly on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I also like mm-hmm. games like magic. And mm-hmm. I like to play a game of magic. So I built a Saw deck. I built a deck based off of my favorite (laughs) horror movie, uh, Saw. And that's kind of what I decided that I wanted to do. I said, you know what? Mm -hmm. I love Saw. It's my favorite horror movie. I genuinely love the whole series except for Saw 3D, which is terrible. So Mm -hmm. what is the first card I think of? You have. I think you watched all seven with us. Um, The first card I I thought of... Was um, it was just like, what's the most saw card I can think of? And it's Choice of Damnations. That's the most saw card I can think of. Ooh. Choice of Damnations mm. is a black sorcery. It's five and a black. And target opponent chooses a number. I may have that player lose that much life. If I don't, that player sacrifices all but that many permanents. The entire <laughs> series is just about, hey, here's options. What are you going to do? Because you're probably going to die if you don't make one. And then that just happens for seven movies. And so I thought Black was a great place to start. And so um, I struggled a little bit with figuring out who should be John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, uh, for the mono Black start. I I kind of was leaning towards like a Erebos, the one that just has like the, the greed effect. Um, Because the whole idea is just that he's sitting there, he's coming up with all of these ideas. Uh, Also, just the whole time, he does have cancer that is slowly killing him. And Mm -hmm. so just anytime you activate the ability, you just get more and more hurt as the game goes on. Uh, It looks like I didn't Mm. include him in the the final product. Um, It was either that one or it was Saizan which is a Kamigawa spirit. I believe it is three and two black. Uh, and it's just at the beginning of each player's upkeep, they draw two cards and lose two life. Cause the idea of just, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to learn stuff, mm-hmm. I could never find mm-hmm. something I was happy with there, but mm-hmm. I found a lot of things that I was very happy with in this regard. And this is a segment that I like to call, and this is from the trailers of the very first movie. <laughs> he doesn't want us to cut through our chains he wants us to cut through our ah, and then it cuts to the guy screaming with the mm-hmm. idea being it cuts off right before he says he wants us to cut through our legs. So now yeah. we go into the aura uh, sub theme with cards like contain uh, contaminated bond, uh, one in a black aura enchantment, enchant creature. Whenever enchanted creature attacks or blocks, its controller loses three life. Here is the thing that is going to kill you. Do you have the means within your deck to cut off your own leg? Can you get rid of whatever's doing this to you? Contaminated ground. Enchant land. Enchanted land is a swamp. Whenever it becomes tapped, its controller loses two life. You gotta cut that leg off. 
You gotta cut <laughs> off that leg. Corrupted roots enchant a forest or plains. Whenever it becomes tap, its controller loses two life. What have I been telling you about all of these things? You really need to do something about these things on your people. Um, and so I tried to go as as many as many of those effects as I could possibly do, mm-hmm. and I have most of them. Um, because the whole idea of John Kramer and Saul is that he does not kill anybody. Um, he, he gives people opportunities to live again. So anything that would directly kill people, I tried to stay away from, except for, of course, I remembered a character named Amanda, who was John Kramer's apprentice. And uh, she was just following Saul's directions for a while, but then decided to kind of do her own thing. And she built traps that were unwinnable. So for Amanda, I have represented by Massacre Girl. She, um, uh, she's three and two black. Uh, when she enters the battlefield, uh, she is a 4-4 menace. And when she enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. And whenever a creature dies this turn, each other creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So she just gets them all. She just gets them. And I... I it was pretty good. The black by itself was pretty good, but I was like, I want a little more. And so mm-hmm. then I went into red. Red has a lot of those good enchantments that I want, such as mm-hmm. lust for war, which says enchant right. creature. It's two and a red. Whenever enchanted creature becomes tapped, lust for war will do three damage to that creature's controller. Enchanted creature attacks each turn of fable. Perfect. That's exactly what I want. I want that effect. Also what red has access to is a card that is very much in line with the saw, uh, a message and that is of course repercussion there's yes. repercussions to everything <laughs> the way you live in life determined how you got to this point that you are and if you're going to be doing crazy things well by gum there's going to be some there's going to be some uh some downsides to that but i got a little disappointed because there wasn't that much red actually that ended up being good so what i ended up having yeah. to do was i just decided to let's just go white because one of the other sets of traps saw has two types of traps in all of the movies there's the traps that are for the people playing the game and then there are the traps for the cops who are trying to stop them and who has better things that just destroy people's attacking creatures and dealing with stuff trying to deal damage (laughs) to you than white and so, of yep. course, jumping into white, we've got the trap cycle from Zendikar. <laughs> we've just got as many of those as we can find. If people are, uh, if, uh, for instance, arrow volley trap, it's three and two white. But if four or more creatures are attacking, I may pay one and a white rather than pay arrow volley traps mana cost. And I get to deal five damage divided as I choose among any number of attacking creatures. Cops, don't get close to me. I'm Saw. I'm doing good work over here. And if that one doesn't do it, we got things like uh, Comeuppance, which is a very Saw thing. Uh, It's three and a white, instant. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and Planeswalkers you control this turn by sources you don't control. If damage from a creature source is prevented this way, Comeuppance deals that much damage to that creature. If damage from a non-creature source is prevented this way, Comeuppance deals that much damage to that source's controller. That one is just 100% hey- Oh, it's a twist. <laughs> ah, it all got you instead. Whoops. Take it. You're hurt very bad. So we've got just a whole plethora of traps. Um, some of the traps in Saw are actually not very tricky. 
they're used as a deter- a deterrent. So I did just include things like light minefield and mm-hmm. um, uh, power stone minefield. Uh, I'll read power stone minefield. It's two, a red and a white. Whenever a creature attacks or blocks, they take two damage. They just deal two damage to those creatures. You know, they, I see a lot there. I'm, I'm not going to have it. I ain't going to have of, it. Some of the neg- so yeah, some of the negative things have to be obvious so that the people in the traps can know what's going on. Oh yeah, no, it needs to be it needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. But the auras are the ones that are more so the um, mm-hmm. the ones for the people yeah. playing. And yeah. then all the other ones are for the cops. That's how I deal with the with the feds trying to figure out where I'm hiding and stuff. Um, a couple yeah. of other uh, fun cards in here um, is that Saw has another apprentice in Detective um, Mark Hoffman, who ends up being like the main villain at by the end of it because like John Kramer had died, got his head cut off, um, like I think in <laughs> Saw Four, mm-hmm. um, and oh. so he spoiler alert. Okay, he um, <laughs> he very much he very much um, also just builds traps that people can't win. Um, so for that, I picked Carevec the Merciless. Um, Carevec is five, <laughs> a black and a red. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, Carevec the Merciless deals damage to target creature or player equal to that spell's converted mana cost. There's no choices here. In fact, if you do anything, I'm gonna kill something. I'm a bad guy. I'm yeah. a bad person. Just the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, oh, yeah. one of my favorite includes Stuffy Doll. It's the puppet. Okay. It's the puppet. Oh, it's the puppet. <laughs> it's the okay. puppet. Okay. It's okay. the puppet. Because yeah. I was going to ask why not Brash Taunter, but it's I was waiting for it. It's the puppet. Yeah. It's the yeah. puppet. Oh, and then one more uh, secret thing here is that at the end of Saw 3D, the very last one, mm-hmm. um, it does turn out that among Amanda and Mark Hoffman, there was actually an even more secreter apprentice in Dr. Lawrence Gordon, who was working with Jigsaw. That was the person who was trapped in the first movie who had to cut off his leg. And it turns out after that movie, he was working with the Jigsaw the whole time. And so for that, I added Srom, Senior Edificer, yeah, okay. because I cast so many auras in this deck that he's <laughs> working with me to get my <laughs> gears going. And so mm-hmm. with those main casts out of the way, we have, of course, John Kramer. I went with Mathis, Fiendseeker. I put my mark on the people. I'm not going to kill the people. The other people around may pick up on something and be like, oh, I know what we need to do to get out of this situation. I got to kill that guy. But I didn't do that. <laughs> I've never killed anyone. I've just let people open their eyes. And that's because that's what he says. Um, Another, uh, I do have, there is one other board wipe that I had to include. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's puppets verdict. I included puppets verdict because of the puppet. It's a one and two red. You flip a coin. If you win the flip, destroy all creatures with power two or less. If you lose, destroy all ones of three or greater. Um, Very much just the name is perfect. So I, I stuck with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to forget the idea of choice because that is a very big um, thing in the Saw movies. So I do mm-hmm. include cards like a Divine Reckoning. It is two and two white. Each player chooses a creature they control, and you destroy the rest. There's mm-hmm. plenty of times in the Saw movies where somebody's trap comes down to um, whose life is more valuable, yours or theirs. That happens all the time, and it's like one person kills like eight people who are trying to win some other game. And mm-hmm. so that's got to happen. That happens a couple times because we also have fortunate few 
does essentially the same thing. And we have Mythos of Snapdax does essentially the same thing. And that's <laughs> how we do that. Um, nice. There are tutors, but the tutors in there, I feel like Jigsaw would have tutors. I feel like the idea yeah. of always trying to be a step ahead of everybody else just works for the character because there's seven movies of him just being so many steps ahead. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, we have, um, we got demonic tutor. We got enlightened tutor. We got tutors. You just, you know, you go get the thing you I want. Mean, you be saw it. You kill yeah, stuff. I mean, and he had, he had the people that were basically his, um, his protégés, his disciples or whatever. Uh, he had, he'd have to tutor them teach him (laughs) that's true he did just (laughs) he did just regular tutor them um yes and i and then also there's the twist we have the twist in the deck um because at the end of the first movie everybody knows because it's two people they're chained up in the bathroom and in the middle of the room there's a person who's already died they blew their brains out is what is implied oh by gum Mm. we're stuck in here with a person who died and Mm. then at the end oh it turns out it was Jigsaw laying on the floor the whole time watching the game. He was just in the room, just pretending to be dead. We have undying evil, a one black instant target creature gains undying until in a turn. He wasn't really dead. Oh, geez. Supernatural stamina, one black until in a turn target creature gets plus two plus oh and gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its opponent's control. It was never going to happen. Stunning reversal. Stunning reversal is a good one. Three and one black instant. The next time you would lose the game this turn, instead you draw seven cards and your life total becomes one. But, but, and then you exile stunning reversal and then my favorite card in the whole deck it it works really well with what the deck is trying to do because there are a lot of enchantments and auras in the deck and there's a couple of um there's a couple artifacts like i have just a regular old Oh, I forgot about this card. It's booby trap. I have the card booby trap in here. I forgot about it because it's in another language for some reason, and I don't know how to fix it. Right, fixed. But it's just a a, it's just a booby trap. Yeah, Uh, pretty self explanatory. Um, But my favorite card in the deck is that in Saw Two, the cops actually get a hold of John Kramer Jigsaw, and the detective is trying to find out where is my son. You've kidnapped my son. And he's just like, your son, your son is going to be okay. You just have to sit here and talk to me for, for like two hours. That's all I ask. Just sit and talk to me for two hours. And then, so the detective's like, fine. And then he's just like, but I want to find my son. He's like, I promise you, your son is in a safe and secure place. And then there's like a little video camera that shows that his son is actually in this house playing his own saw game. And then so the detective eventually is like watching his son have to like go through all these trials and stuff with this whole other house of people. Um, And then he gets fed up with it. He says, oh, you know what? No, you're taking me to that house and we're going to go save him. We're going to go save my son. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to blow your brains out. And he's just like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I'm very old. And he says, no, we're going. (laughs) And then he jams him in the car and he's beating him up and hitting him in the head with like a gun and stuff. And then so he gets to the house and wouldn't you know it, it turns out that what they were watching back at uh, John Kramer Jigsaw's lair, that was already recorded. It wasn't a live feed. The house no longer has a game going on. And the detective's like, where's my son? And he's just like, I tried to tell you. You should have just sat with me. And then it cuts back. It cuts back to the original room. And in that room where they were talking at the start, there's an actual safe 
and the safe opens up and the guy's son was in there the whole time. His son was in a safe and secure place. We have opened the vaults. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Four and two white. Return all artifact and enchantment cards from all graveyards to the battlefield under their owner's control. (laughs) He was there the whole time. You should have just stayed. And now everything's bad for you. And then I'm pretty sure that he gets locked up and killed, I think, in the fourth or fifth movie, that detective. Mm -hmm. Spoilers. Yeah, that's great. And it's, I, I don't know if we yeah. explained like what Mathis did, but it's the sheer thing. It's, it, oh, yeah, it's, sorry. Yeah, but no, it's because uh, <laughs> Mathis is, um, uh, I'll, I'll let you, it's your command. I'll let you say what Mathis Yeah, is. it's um, Mardu Mana. So it is a red, white, black for a 3-3 mm-hmm. three, three legendary vampire with menace. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, you put a bounty counter on target creature an opponent controls. For as long as that creature has a bounty counter on it, it has, when this creature dies, each opponent draws a card and gains two life. And and that's the thing, because like the 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 shtick from like the very start with Saw is that you have learned more and you have gained a new lease on life. You have a richer life after the experience is his whole idea. Mm-hmm. And that's the two things that Mathis does. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing yeah. goes through the awful. No, it's, you uh-huh. have learned and you have gotten a richer life. Yeah. As soon as I like went through the black creatures and I was like, I can't find anything that works for, for jigsaw mm-hmm. in my brain. I, I like, um, you know, I went to Mardu because I remember that yeah. they had these kinds of things and I was like, Oh no, that's perfect. I have to have that. Especially cause he doesn't kill anything. Yeah. yeah. And he's a he three, just... three. He's not even that big. He's not even like very strong. And that's he's just thing, yeah, like, missing he... though. He's menacing. Like you could say that Mathis just like Jigsaw puts people into a situation that is dangerous, and having mm-hmm. a, and your creature having mm-hmm. a bounty counter means that it's more likely for bad things to happen to it. But he doesn't do the bad thing. No, directly. I don't do any of the yeah. bad things. Amanda does the bad now, things, and Mark say, Hoffman um, does the bad things. I don't think you mentioned this. And one. sometimes you uh, might have to choose to do the bad thing, palm, which is um, a red and a white. Palm instant uh the next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn prevent that damage if damage pre- is prevented this way deflecting palm deals that much damage to that source's controller but the art in it like uh just in my oh, it's head, some of the most grotesque just, art <laughs> yeah it that that one for sure lands the gore the gore of saw mm-hmm. because it's like probably a monk woman or is that narset is that supposed to be narset? that's narset i don't know i think that's yeah, narset. literally narset yeah, mm-hmm. she is just deflecting with her palm, a punch coming at her, but the fist that was punching at her, the knuckles, the knuckles, the bones are exploding out of the back of the clenched fist. Mm-hmm. It is horrible to look at. Ever, ever since I first saw that card, it's just, it makes me go, oh, eh. oh no, it's, it's visceral. Oh. Like it's so yeah. viscerally horrible. So that's perfect. Flavor win is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I like because there's a, there's a couple different things in here that are also like, because you would say, like, if you're watching Saw, one of the first things I think that occurs to people, it's like, oh, we'll just kill the main bad guy. But it's just like, it's so ob- like once you've seen enough of them, it's like it's so obviously just doesn't work that way. It's not like Jigsaw plans a bit too much for you to be able to just roll up on him. And so, like, mm-hmm. there's deflecting Wait. palm. If you try to kill Jigsaw and you're in one of his traps, he's designed it so that you're only going to hurt yourself worse because you're not focusing on the thing. All you, you had to do was play the game. 
And you have Revenge of Ravens here. Whenever they attack you or a walker you control, they lose a life and then you gain a life. Like, mm. it's 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 so good. Painful Truths on a name basis alone is also perfect. Oh, yeah. I was just like, I could use a yeah. little bit of uh, some card draw. And I was just like, that's a good name. Painful Truths yeah. is a good one. Yep. I like it. Like I said, the deck is, um, I love the Saw movies. Um, mm. And also, I think in general, the thing that I'm most afraid of in terms of like uh, lore and stuff is like, and I know, yeah, this is a vampire, but man, he doesn't even show teeth in the art. It just looks like a pale guy. He just looks like a guy who's kind of old. No, and his ability isn't really that much of a vampire either. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's not. And so I was just like, I'm always going to be more afraid of just people who want to hurt you than you know of of monsters and so well, saw really yeah. resonates with me in that way yeah because well, it's it's also like it's if you go if a vampire's hunting you down you do know what you're in for but it's the thing that is scarier is the unknown and a vampire who seems like they're not even interested in drinking your blood i now have mm-hmm. no clue what could happen yeah his mouth is closed he's the art is that in the art, it's from the perspective of the person that he's marking. So you're, mm-hmm. it's kind of at a lower level and he's putting the brand on them. So the implication here is that this vampire snuck mm-hmm. up on you, <laughs> knocked you down, put a mark on you, and left. Yeah. <laughs> it just said, nah. So, just, someone, someone else will get it, I guess. He just rolls up, scarlet letters you, and then dips. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love Mathis. I, um, I love Mathis. I, 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 think, I think this is just mm-hmm. a bad human man who convinced everyone so much that he is more <laughs> than a, a man that uh, the mm-hmm. game itself is convinced he must not. He must be something other than his yeah, creature he, type. Yeah, he must be a him. monster. It's just like no yeah, human yeah. could do these things. This is some kind of monster. And so that's oh. why they're just like, well, what's the closest human monster? A vampire, sure. There you go. This was supposed to be John Kramer jigsaw the whole time. (laughs) Oh, I do have smokestack in the deck because in Saw 3D, that's like the big finale trap is that somebody gets stuck in a giant oven that is shaped like a pig. And it's the stupidest thing in the world. And it sucks. (laughs) And it's so over the top. An oven forms up out of under the ground and instead of being like hey it's a cool kind of rustic trap that somebody had to make in their warehouse it's like no this person Mm -hmm. had like several thousands of dollars of a budget to build a dog jokes i shouldn't well maybe we could bleep out that one i don't think we allow that one i'll put dog jokes on there but to build a freaky deaky giant industrial (laughs) oven that just forms up out of the ground on an elevator no Mm -hmm. And so I included it because I hate it so much. Oh, it yeah, pretty good in three D. It, it's a it's a it's a good yeah. it's a good reference. <laughs> uh, but that's that's I, the deck. It's just that. a saw yeah. deck. It's just a, nice. I like saw. I, I wanted I, to build the saw stuff. I don't know what it is about Mathis, but like every Mathis list that I see, just like always has such crazy unique flavor to it. I've seen a Cowboy Bebop deck that Mathis, Mathis. is just cool. Mathis is cool. Like I have been brewing a um <laughs> I've been brewing a Wild West posse deck built around Mathis for quite a long time. <laughs> nice. Like every oh, nice. Mathis deck. There's something there's something about Mathis is Mathis's design that is so open that just like every deck mm-hmm. list that I've seen has just such great and cool flavor with it. Like I want to see the Voltron list that takes advantage of like the 
like they they copy the trigger, put it on two things, and then they just swing and make people block like a giant menace thing. It's like got oh, yeah. lore effects and then also menace, so it has to be blocked by two things. And so <laughs> then you kill the two yeah. things, draw like I want someone to take it that route. But I guess that'll be the takeaway question from this episode. Yeah. How would you build a Mathis deck? What's your favorite part about Halloween? <laughs> do do you have any decks that are built around like festive things? Do you or your play group do a thing where like maybe you take, you know, 30, 50 bucks, build a Halloween deck just for like that month or something. So I yeah. guess just uh, let us know in the comments what you think. Mm-hmm. If any of these mm-hmm. decks sound like something anyone would want to see or would want to build. Uh, and then I'll let Drew do the rest of the takeaway. Oh yeah, the the good old outro. Yeah, if you um if you liked any of the things that you heard, if you like the gross goopy deck or the the mm. saw themed deck, or if you want to be nice and say that you like spirits, uh, we'll have the deck lists <laughs> uh, down in the description. Um, there will be on our deck. You can kind of peruse them, uh, play them if you want to. I know there's lots of places you can just kind of play for free online, or take take them as an inspiration point and go and build your own. Um, if you have ever built a, uh, a Halloween deck, uh, put it in like the comments, wherever this is. So other people can see what other people's like Halloween decks are. Have you built? Like, I know other tribes, like zombie tribal, horror tribal, stuff like that, or other options, or have you built one based on like another horror movie? Like I will I bet you there'd be like a really cool Chucky themed deck. Oh yeah. That's built around stuff. You <laughs> doll. Um, but yeah, like what have you built for those or, is there a deck that you just like that, that, that is like otherwise really normal, but it's just like really scary. Like what kind of fits the theme, uh, comment that and slam it down in the comments below. Um, as always, uh, this is, uh, if you ever have any like episode ideas, any follow-up questions, if you have like, if any of our episodes made you like think of something, you have a question for us or anything like that, you can reach out to us on the internet. We are demonstrate the loop basically everywhere. Um, you can find us on Twitter at demonstrate loop at uh, on Instagram as I'm trying to get all of our freaking handles uh, on Twitter is uh, as at demonstrate loop on Instagram at demonstrate the loop or on Facebook at demonstrate the loop. And then you can uh, send us an email to DTL pod at gmail.com. Um, other than those things, uh, I think that we all have demonstrated the loops. We'll mm-hmm. move to instep and die. Ooh! Ooh!